again, fellow travellers, and a very warm welcome to You Should Have Been There, podcast 102, with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder, in central Sydney at 6am local time on Wednesday, the 23rd of February, which means that 48 hours ago, there was a significant event here, the arrival of Flight 12 from Los Angeles. You have never seen an airport's arrival like this. It is extraordinary. So here at Sydney, there's been two flights touching down more or less simultaneously. A Qantas flight from Los Angeles and also a Japan Airlines flight from Tokyo, which I was on. There are people handing us freebies, Vegemite, all manner of great Australian things. And they've even got a DJ here to uh, welcome us to the party. And look at this, all the Vegemite you could possibly ever want. Thank you very much indeed. Other yeast-based spreads are available. Vegemite, uh, you either like it or you think it's okay. Anyway, welcome to Australia. Have you missed us? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have, we've missed you a lot. Welcome back. Let me guess what was going on there. The arrival of the first non-quarantine flights into Australia since the beginning of the pandemic. Exactly right, Mick. Uh, up until midnight on Monday, it was illegal for anybody to come into Australia unless they had special permission and they had to quarantine when they got here. That all ended for fully vaccinated people. Um, the first flight in, Qantas Flight 12, and I could see that everybody more or less was a returning Australian. Um, they're making up for lost time a bit because they were actually banned from leaving their own country for about 20 months. So many of them obviously uh, are now traveling. But everyone seemed to be getting a very warm welcome on the ground. Uh, they, they certainly were. I mean, it was a huge media event um, with a, a news helicopter flying right next to the runway to film the uh, the first couple of planes to <laughs> land. Um, and then you emerged from the uh, very, very swift passport control. The whole thing took about three minutes for me, and that includes customs and somebody sort of cursorily asking to see my vaccination form. And the entire massed ranks of media in Australia's largest city were there because, of course, it was a huge story for them. Well, you were there in the vanguard as befits an award-winning journalist. So I have to ask you, how rammed with tourists was the arrivals hall? I mean, how many others were there with you on the flight? Well, the flight was about two-thirds full, but I, I talked to one or two of the people there, um, and they were generally returning Australians, the odd business traveller, um, but actual tourists who thought, oh, it's um, high summer in Australia, I think I'll go there. Well, I think it was sort of down to me. <laughs> and were you welcomed with crates of Vegemite? Yes, they had actual lifeguards who would normally be um, guarding the beaches of uh, Sydney, um, handing out Vegemite. Um, they had uh, tourism people giving everybody a cuddly koala. Um, and then a, a lovely kind of bunch of flowers, which I think would have appealed to you. It was red flowering gum um, oh. to symbolise the, uh, the the great natural wonders of 
Australia. Um, and then, well, things descended into total chaos, Mick, because um, the rail union, had, um, who are against privatisation, had chosen Monday to go on strike. So the whole city was in gridlock. There was no way anybody was going to get a train into, into the city. Um, taxis were few and far between and incredibly expensive. So um, they, they weren't quite um, singing from the same him sheet but uh, anyway I made it into town eventually and um, uh, here I am. So from what I gather I mean actually getting through customs and immigration and actually getting into the country even if you can't actually move on from the airport has uh, has has changed a great deal since those um, very interesting Novak Djokovic uh, uh, shenanigans. Well, yes, but you do have to prove that you're fully vaccinated and, and you have to have a pre-departure test and you have to fill in an incredibly complicated form. Just think of your worst ever school exam and imagine you've done no revision for it. That's what it's like. Um, and all of that was checked really rigorously at Heathrow Airport. But then once you get in, because they know you've kind of been checked, it's um, uh, here you are um, and, and in you go. And uh, the, the odd thing is that they're on a different page here, Mick. Um, I'm just in the breakfast room at my hotel. Um, there are so few people at this hotel that there is no breakfast buffet. They said, we've got so few guests, we're not going to do it. So you're going to have to order your, your beans on toast kind of separately. And there's a big sign outside the breakfast room saying $550 fine. And that is if you refuse to leave the premises when asked to do so because, well, like Novak, um, you can't produce a vaccination certificate. Um, lots of mask wearing going on, um, lots of uh, checks. And, um, yeah, it feels, it feels as though they're on a different page to uh, the UK and much of the rest of the world. Yes, I'm not sure you can bracket the UK with much of the rest of the world because um, as of Thursday the 24th, I think... Uh, we will have um, secured a triumphant victory over over COVID. Um, well, the government will have done, but I'm not sure that their scientific advisors and indeed a decent swathe of the population, which um, uh, includes me, would would agree that that is necessarily the case. But it's another matter, isn't well, it? Well, and also uh, just to point out that it's only England, um, the, the exceptional English, who have got bre- has got um, COVID done. Um, yes, I, I, I seem to recall, yes. and I think. Uh, Scotland and uh, Wales, Northern Ireland, are taking their time. I presume you eventually did manage to uh, get breakfast and um, get out and about. And uh, have you actually managed to uh, meet any any uh, tourists or British tourists, I suppose, in particular? There's plenty of Brits working out here, long-term residents. But in terms of temporary visitors, the only people I've met were Jim and Jane O'Donnell, a retired couple from Farnham. I met them beside an otherwise deserted Darling Harbour. And to put that into perspective, it's really like the South Bank in London, uh, by the water, full of restaurants and bars and cafes and so on, and normally thronging with people. Um, but uh, Jane and Jim, regular visitors, um, well, I asked them how they were finding it. Quieter, much quieter. Um, people are, are more nervous than we are about masks and things like that. You know, they're sort of they're all very strict about wearing their masks and things, which in the UK they're not. I know you don't have to, but still. The family and their friends and the grandchildren are very welcoming, and have grown up a lot since we last saw them <laughs> two years ago. 
Um, what would be your advice to anybody who's thinking of coming to Australia? Do, come. 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 It's open there. So you feel totally safe here. Um, the beaches are fairly empty. When it's not raining, the sun is magnificent. <laughs> we love it. Yes. But what do you think about the fact that they've effectively put up a big keep out sign for the past um, well, a couple of years, really? Well, that's their prerogative, really. If they don't want people coming in, then fair enough, let them do that. But I mean... If you ask the Australians, they're a bit more blunt about it. They're saying they should have sorted themselves out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but early on as well, many said to us, well, they didn't have much COVID here. It was right that other people got the vaccines first. Yes. Um, and uh, what do you think about being separated from loved ones for that long? That must have been awful. It was awful. It was horrible. We, we left here actually in February 20 and the, the whole lockdown started as virtually as we got home. So, uh, yes. I mean, as Jim said, our boys, our grandsons have two years older than they were they're not babies anymore it's it's good and, there. and here and Singapore we went through Singapore then uh, recognized what was going on much quicker and there were lots and lots of checks in Singapore got to Heathrow absolutely nothing, nothing. No. <laughs> um, well talking of the traveling experience you flew out here via LA um, long old journey to wear a mask isn't it yes yeah. <laughs> it was but the, but the plane was a third full we traveled at the back of the plane we could have a, a whole row to ourselves. It Each, was actually yes. easy. Yep. The whole flight experience was very good. Sydney has a smart new tram system and I'm on the L3 departing from Circular Quay, which is where all the harbour ferries come in. And it goes straight through the centre of the city. It's now half past seven in the evening and I've just... The next stop is Bridge Street, followed by Wynyard, QVB, then all stops to Juniors Kingsford via Central. Which is of fascinating interest to me and the two other people who are on board this tram. It's just deserted. The seats for about, I guess, a hundred people or so but the whole city feels as though it's a public holiday or maybe a, a day when everybody has just left town because <laughs> there's been some apocalypse. Uh, just a couple of people walking the streets. It's a lovely way to see the city. But it's a city that is empty. I do like a good city tram. Now, Simon, I know you've been on a lot of uh, first flights into uh, countries that have opened up over the uh, over the last couple of years, and uh, usually they're quite full, aren't they? Um, obviously, full of journalists wanting to be the first person there. But I think there've been lots of tourists as well, and I wonder why Sydney is so short on visitors. I think it's just the distance, the cost. I paid well over a thousand pounds return. Fares wow. have, have gone up hugely since before the uh, pandemic. And generally, um, trips to the other side of the world require more planning. You're going to be staying here longer. Um, and it, the 
corollary to the fact that people haven't flooded in despite uh, the airlines perhaps wanting to pretend that they have is that you can have an amazing experience in splendid isolation um and uh well here i gaze across the breakfast room and i am indeed the only person here um uh, so, so i think if you are opportunistic if you have got time to travel right now if you are um wanting to experience a place that uh is normally absolutely packed at this time of year with international visitors with tourists wanting some some winter sun then um hop on a plane but when you get there and when you get out into the city it's very much open are the restaurants bars and uh and all the things you might normally want to do as a tourist can 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 you do them well, I'd, I'd characterise the city as really being operating at half speed. So, for instance, on Circular Quay, which is a, uh, a non-circular boarding place for the fantastic Sydney ferries, um, there's a 24-hour restaurant which is currently open about 12 hours a day. Um, the famous Sydney Harbour Bridge Climb is um, only operating part-time at the moment. Um, and that is reflected really right the way across. Is this to do with um covid um, defense mechanisms or is it because they're actually waiting for uh, more tourists to come so that it's worth their while to open for 24 hours a day uh, yes absolutely the latter also quite a lot of places oddly haven't got staff because normally they would be um, employing lots of working holiday makers people like you and me mick um, aged 18 to 30 um, who want to spend um, uh, six months or a year here and and they are you know they are a really significant part of the labor force so they are missing but yes it's a bit chicken and egg do you open everything and hope that the tourists will come or do you um, do the tourists arrive and then they will be beating a path to your door well I've had an absolutely amazing time here, partly because everything is so easy. I stepped aboard the uh, uh, ferry uh, across to the beach suburb of Manly, which takes you right through the harbour. It's a gorgeous ride, costs about a fiver. It's a normal piece of public transport. And then, well, one of the great urban hikes begins it sort of curls round the coast in a very quite um italian sort of way and then suddenly uh, you find yourself plunged into the outback manly no not me the location i am lucky enough to be in right now i'm trudging through the outback in the most blissful kind of way. This is part of the Sydney Harbour National Park and there is a new long distance footpath that stretches from Manly, a beach suburb of Sydney, around to Bondi, a beach suburb of Sydney. Now because of the corrugated coastline it actually goes on for many miles. It would probably be a three or a four day hike. But of course, this being really just a suburb of a big city, you can just jump in or out wherever you want to. And this particular part going up to North Head, which confusingly is uh, the southern point of Manly, is well through landscapes where you get the sense that nothing really has changed for thousands of years twisted trees strange bushes 
um, a lot of bird life, although I think I might be uh, scaring them off right now. Um, there's a very well manicured path that I'm just trudging up, which is uh, <laughs> means that it's a kind of uh, outdoor experience, a light, L-I-T-E, where you are not necessarily going to be wearily stumbling up a, a sandy hillside, um, but in fact you're going to be walking on some really well-maintained uh, steps. It's also very well signposted. The odd thing is, there is exactly nobody here. One of the great urban hikes, and nobody is on it. And I'm now reaching a signpost, a junction in the path, where if I wanted to, I could go to the third quarantine cemetery. A place name which is, I think, ahead of its time. Sorry to interrupt, but did I hear that right? The third quarantine cemetery. Surely that's not to do with the casualties from from the COVID pandemic. Certainly not. Global pandemics are nothing new. And the practice was to, when people were coming into Australia to settle, to keep them at arm's length on this peninsula um, overlooking the harbour and make sure that they um, uh, didn't have anything nasty. And round about uh, 1900, March 1900, the uh, bubonic plague outbreak was awful and um, hundreds of people died and are buried there. I've stumbled upon a site that really is a reminder of our current age. It is the third quarantine cemetery and it was established here in the 19th century to cope with outbreaks of smallpox and later bubonic plague um, by the grave of James Miller Wilson who died on the 3rd of June 1900, aged just seven years. There's various headstones, but the forest, the outback, the wilderness has reclaimed all of the graves. They are gently subsiding back into nature. But also from here, you get an astonishing view into the city. And on one side, the ocean beaches stretching far south on the other the skyscrapers of Sydney well it certainly sounds as though it's it's right out in the middle of nowhere in the outback but with some um, with some city sounds as well Yes, this is the bizarre thing and the wonderful thing about Sydney. This is part of Sydney Harbour National Park, as I mentioned, and uh, yet it's about um, I don't know, a kilometre from uh, suburbia and lots of uh, lots of activity going on. I think you might have heard a plane going overhead mixed in with the thunder. The uh, storms have been quite exciting here. And it did remind me just how glorious Sydney is. And my final... Um, bit of sightseeing was just to walk from the north side of the Harbour Bridge across into Sydney at sunset. Utterly magical, of course, completely free. Ah, oh, but 
surely what a lot of people do when they go to Sydney as tourists, particularly at this time of year, is to go swimming. Now, I know there has been a, 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 an extremely uh, tragic incident with a shark uh, actually off one of the Sydney beaches, but you weren't tempted by the warm waters. Uh, I, I wasn't, partly because it has been so stormy, and that was a terrible tragedy, but it's actually the first time in 60 years that anybody's lost their life to a, sh- a shark in uh, Sydney. And this was a swimmer who was kind of out of the ordinary. He was doing training long, uh, a long way out beyond where the breakers are. Um, uh, so awful, but um, not a reason to put me off. Um, the beaches are generally extremely well lifeguarded by people when they're not handing out jars of Vegemite at uh, Sydney Airport. <laughs> okay. um, Mick, can I ask you a question? Yeah, you certainly can. I really did think, I mean, like, we, we, we've talked about Australia and you've had severe reservations, but I just thought... There's lots of nature here. There's culture. It's a friendly place. Beautiful weather, usually. Fantastic food and drink. Surely you must be tempted to come out and see one of the world's most beautiful cities before the crowds get here. Well, to be honest, by the time I actually do get round to it, uh, I think the crowds will be there. So then it won't be nearly so much fun. However, if someone offers me a free ticket, I'll obviously take it up. Um, But what I would do would be to go and see my brother in Western Australia, which I'm not allowed to do. So um, so 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 at the moment, um, if I'm considering long haul options, and indeed, uh, rationing them as well, uh, not just for um, financial reasons, but for environmental ones, I'm still much, much more tempted by uh, Latin America, by South America. Yeah. Oh, well, look, maybe that will change. And Western Australia has said that they are planning to reopen on the 3rd of March. Now, they've said before that they're planning to reopen and they haven't. But um, I think there's a pretty good chance. So, um, well, I'll start doing some research for you, Mick. You won't get a free flight, but that you you can get some really good deals to Perth sometimes around about oh, well once the Chinese airlines get back in the game um, maybe under five hundred pounds return um, you're worth it and your brother's worth it well thank you very much I, I'm certainly worth it I'm not sure about him but um, I think you're going on to Melbourne aren't you. I am, which actually, from the point of view of a beautiful city centre, is an improvement. I haven't been there for, I calculated, 20 years. I'm looking forward to catching up what's happening there. Um, There's a fantastic new travel location, the Wheeler Centre, set up by um, uh, Tony and Maureen Wheeler of Lonely Planet. Um, uh, I expect to find myself in similar splendid isolation. And then I tell you what, next week... I am going to bring you the Doha experience. Yes, I'm going to the capital of Qatar um, on behalf of the lads, the wags and the fans ahead of the World Cup. I will uh, tell you all about that next time, assuming that I am let in, which at the moment is a tiny bit touch and go, but I'm getting more and more confident. Mick. Well, you must recall something at the Wheeler Centre. Is it? I mean, is it? I presume it's to do with travel, is it? Oh, yes. It's, it's really looking at um, the whole concept of movement, of, of uh, community, of uh, flows of people across oh, the planet. So um, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, uh, to, to seeing how that is working out. We don't really have that many cultural institutions that are devoted to travel. Apart, of course, from you should have been there. And why don't you give us your views at 
you should have BT on Twitter. Um, or of course, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and leave us an audio message. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, Doha and Qatar. So make sure you get in. Well, I'm really looking forward to my breakfast and the lady who uh, runs this very empty breakfast room has just shown up. So I will be enjoying that morning feast. Um, Meanwhile, um, thanks very much indeed for listening to You Should Have Been There. From me, Simon Calder. And from me, Mick Webb, looking forward to my dinner. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.